Oh, well, I guess you could get hot chicken down there. Yeah, I will. Let's do this. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we've watched Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yes, we have. Confirmed. Yes, can confirm. In the news feed. Oh, my God. We saw it. We were there. Not together, but we did see it. Star Mm. Wars returns to Disney this December. Yeah, yeah, but it's still kind of technically there right now anyway yeah well uh, we'll, we'll talk about is, that uh, it's perpetual <laughs> yeah this is a different kind of this is this is the connected star wars mike if you mm. will uh what if kicks the stakes up a notch and more quite a notch i would say yeah. uh i mean if you're a field goal kicker and you're kicking the notch all the way up to the stratosphere i suppose yeah. into yeah. the next dimension this is uh they're actually stakes in in the show mike is what i actually kind of feel like for once so. oh yeah um uh, sloppy steaks slop them up chris oh my like i like t-bones give me give me <laughs> give me give me that big t dividing the cuts right down the middle with that bone yeah but uh, anyway, yeah, so we just um, we, we'll talk about it a little bit. We just jumped off our uh, review of Let There Be Carnage, which started off much more of an NPR note. Uh, so I figured <laughs> I'd jump into this one with a little more energy. Um, we were recording this late on a Sunday night. I, um, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and drop this in here, Mike. You know what I've been doing all infinite, all, all, infinite, all, all weekend? Oh, you already let it, uh, the let Freudian it slip. It's already yeah. there. Uh, Halo <laughs> Infinite. The open beta was this weekend. Um I was able to play with a bunch of different people. Uh, they they open up big team battle, Mike. You know what big team battle is? Uh, no. I well, was it? It's just more people, right? On yeah, the field? yeah, yeah. So um, it used to be eight v eight, I think, um, in the the original games. Now it's sixteen v sixteen, kind of. Ooh. Huge vehicle, dealer, like capture the flag, kind of games. Lots of fun plays. I got to play with friend of the show, Quentin. Uh, earlier uh today i didn't have a microphone i was sharing my controller with uh my brother-in-law he was over to play wait six so there's 16 different teams on the field no 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 i'm sorry 16 people per team times two teams oh okay gotcha because i was yeah. like wait a minute they have to color the teams how are yeah. like well, uh, 16 well, different colors holy crap <laughs> well halo uh, the earlier halo suit uh, you could actually pick your color between i think eight different colors so mm-hmm. uh I wouldn't be a stretch of imagination to kind of do that. Uh, yellow and other yellow. Uh, green yeah, I guess like green. technically in other battle royales, people are randomly different colors. But yeah. yes, continue. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they opened that up. Um, you know, a bunch of multiplayer. It, it was it was very fun. I got to play. Like I said, my brother-in-law was over, so we did the old uh, couch co-op modality where uh, I play around, he plays around, I play around, he plays around. Like we pass the controller back and forth. Um, but again, just a reminder for anyone: Halo Infinite will be on Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC on December eighth. And the multiplayer portion of this, not the campaign, the multiplayer portion, completely free to anyone who wants to play who has any of those uh, platforms, if you will. So um, while it sucks that they haven't found a way to put it on PlayStation yet, <laughs> uh, I, I think you know having it on PC for free, and and if you find any Xbox, whether it's a One or a Series. Uh, SRX, like I think that's a pretty that's a pretty bold mm. move for like your money maker at Microsoft, yeah. right? Like that's the game that kicked off the Xbox as a whole. So yeah, I'm really curious with the the free to play kind of multiplayer if mm. and they're doing all this like X Cloud uh, streaming. Like, yeah. is, is there a way to possibly maybe even right now and I'm not thinking of it or in the future 
play this online game without owning an Xbox, right? Yeah. Just to have a cloud account yeah, playing it. I, I, I guess PC, right? I mean, because well, yeah, uh, you could stream it there, but like, I like, what if I wanted to stream it like in my Chrome browser, like on my Mac or yeah. something like that, you know? Well, um, I'm pretty sure. Um, so uh, for a game, I have Game Pass Ultimate, which lets me do the mm. streaming to my phone. It's in the Safari browser because Apple won't let them have an app. Mm. Uh, so it's all browser based. I don't see why you couldn't, you know, tell it you're running Safari as an agent and make it work. So mm, yeah, maybe uh, I'll uh, we'll maybe try I'll that give out. it a shot. Yeah, we'll give it a try. E- either way, I think it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's really fun. And, uh, you know, we, we were actually just talking about Battle Royale games right before this. I don't think they'll have a Battle Royale mode, but they had one called Warzone in the last Halo 5, which was kind of similar. But you had like more NPCs on the, on the field. Uh, but what's cool about it is so they have the seasons, right? You buy your Battle Pass. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this, the battle passes don't expire. So if you don't, if you end up getting an Xbox mic in two years and you come in at Halo Infinite, you can choose any of those previous seasons uh, battle passes and purchase them. And then you can activate that battle pass and make anything you're doing credit towards that battle pass while it's activated and then swap between them as you, as you want. So um, in, in a world where um, what's, what's the uh, scarcity uh, di- digital scarcity is, is driving like NFTs and like, the idea of like you know oh you gotta get the battle pass now or else you won't get this cool unlock major uh, FOMO yeah f- exactly this is a, a really bold way to say we'll take your money no matter when you want to play it um, mm-hmm. throw us your dollars we'll we'll let you we'll let you go get that season one skin or that that color mm-hmm. palette you really like let's just give us your ten dollars we'll we'll take it so. Um, I've been playing with it. Really fun, really fun game. Um, I know everyone, even if you don't have an Xbox, I was probably played Halo at some point, and it just feels so good to have that assault rifle in your hands, Mike. Ch- check those grenades. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and shout out for 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 uh, again, friend of the show, Quentin, for putting up with me not having a microphone playing with my uh, brother in law <laughs> earlier. So uh, yeah. Anyway, Mike, you you look like you have uh, jumped on the um, bandwagon here. <laughs> oh, Chris. There is nothing more popular and nothing more viral out there on the internet right now. This will be our internet time capsule at the moment of Squid Game, which has landed on Netflix. And this is uh, this was quite interesting because I, st- I started to see this percolate uh, early last week. I had no idea what it was. Very bizarre name. And I went into it like totally blind. I didn't know what it was. I knew there was some sort of game theme to it. Uh-huh. But I didn't know if it was like a reality show, a competition show, if it was fiction. Can, can, uh, I, can I share an anecdote about that real fast? Before? Yeah, sure. Because my wife asked me about this and she thought she's like, oh, my God, they're actually killing people. And I'm like, it's not a real game show. It's a TV show about a game yeah. show. Yes, yeah, not not a, not a snuff film. If you will. Yeah, I was like, I was like, no, no, it's not a real game show where they're killing people. It's fine. Everyone's yes. fine. So I went in uh, totally blind, and I was uh, surprised to see. I wasn't uh, disappointed, but I was surprised to see that this is an English dub. Korean series that I'm surprised to see something dubbed here in the United States become so overwhelmingly popular, right? Like, I remember back in the day, you know, watching, like, dubbed Jackie Chan movies and, like, you know, uh, nobody else ever talking about them. I mean, I guess this was uh, before the internet when I was in elementary school watching these, but it was just so weird jumping back into uh, something dubbed again uh, on Netflix, and it's just, it's such a big deal. People are going crazy for it. I've only had an opportunity to watch the first episode but i guarantee you you only need one episode to just go what is happening here uh it 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 starts off very like cryptic with like a flashback to some childhood games and then it just 
flings farther into mm-hmm. the future with some bizarre stuff going on. It, lo- it looks wacky. It looks wild. Uh, but I, I think this shows you the secret sauce of Netflix, right? Whenever you hear about, like, Disney, you know, unlocking some IP that they paid billions of dollars for or, like, HBO Max making deals with, like, Discovery Plus to make one of the most sought-after streaming catalogs of all time, you have Netflix over here, the OG streamer, who kind of plucks this show from Korea uh, with dubs in it, and it becomes a, a phenomenon out there on the internet. That is something that is just, frankly, I don't think ever going to happen over at Disney or HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have that same cachet to well. their name, right? I mean, like, we just saw just this month uh, Seinfeld came back to Netflix I think because it was like at Netflix at some point in time then it yeah, jumped over bounced. to Hulu yeah. and now it's uh, back over at Netflix they they did some promos some campaigns for it like I never saw really anybody talk about like Seinfeld while it was over at Hulu you know of course mm-hmm. it's a popular show it's still out there in the zeitgeist right but when old sitcoms and stuff returns to Netflix it becomes a tastemaker a hit maker so don't be surprised if you start to see more Seinfeld memes and stuff in, in your feed now so uh Go check out Squid Game. I'm sure you'll watch a lot more of it faster than me because, you know, Chris and I are busy always doing other things. But I'm only one episode in, and I've been, like, out of town over the weekend, and I'm like, I got to watch more Squid Game. This show is bananas. So it it just goes to show you, again, Netflix will buy anything and everything to stream on their service right now, right? If if they can steal it away from Hulu or Paramount Plus or HBO Max or Disney Plus, they will buy it up and, and put it on here. And this is the second time, once last year with Tiger King and now this year with Squid Game. Um, mm-hmm. It just shows you how something that's probably didn't cost them a lot of money uh, to get to begin with is all of a sudden the biggest thing yeah. in the world. And, and this is exactly the reason why uh, an AI-driven studio is never going to find yeah. uh, this type of success, right? What AI would ever put the show of Squid Game on a streaming service, right? It's just the data is not there, but now all of a sudden it is, right? So that's just one of the things I really like about the entertainment industry and why we even do a weekly podcast. You never know what's going to be the next big thing. I I thought, uh, looking at it, though, I thought it was a PlayStation game the first time I saw it because of all (laughs) the triangle square faces. Uh, What is it? uh, What's the the inking game on uh, Nintendo? was it Octodad or no, no, no it's Splatoon? The, Splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, it. Uh, I was like, I was looking at. It, I'm like, is this like a PlayStation game? Like, you know, just seeing the images, not really reading what it uh-huh. is. I was like, this looks like PlayStation characters, and I was like, oh, no, it's not. Uh-huh. Uh, but but anyway, yes, that's that's the the biggest thing on Netflix. I would say next to. The Great British Baking Show, which uh, just had a second episode on Friday. So uh, love, next, love. next week is Bread Week, by the way. Just Ooh. that's that's the week you want to watch. <laughs> Bread Week. That's where things go wrong in the in the yeah. in the tent. Yeah, but pe- uh, people really. Uh, you find out what they're made of. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for the but for the sake of a brevity here, I I, I wrapped up. My generation's Bond rewatch here, where I watched mm-hmm. the four uh, the four Pierce Brosnan uh, Bond movies, thanks to uh, a certain someone's uh, internet Plex server look, look, that had that all these had all these very easily streamed for me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, um, what was it? Uh, uh, what, what? Which one was? Did you just watch? You said. Uh, I just finished up the last one. Uh, the world is not. The enough. world is not. Enough. So, or no, die another day. Sorry, that's the last one. Die another. So I'm looking at our notes here because. Uh, 
I feel like this is like an echo. Like, wasn't last year I was just doing this? Yes, like, you did a you did a rewatch <laughs> as well, which uh, another reason uh, for bre- brevity because I don't think we need to uh, give yeah. people our impressions of, uh, of Ep- things every Ep- week. But. Episode two eighty, whatever day that was. I just looked. Up, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had this. I feel it's like all, I'm having like deja vu. Yeah, it's all cyclical, Chris. Let me know what else you uh, talked about on the show last year, and I'll yeah. go back and watch it. We really should coordinate. We could do yeah. some sort of like Pierce Brosnan special here mm-hmm. on the show, but I. I I just thought it was interesting. I had totally forgotten about the third one, The World Is Not Enough, that has to do with the um, the guy that's, like, shot in the brain and, like, oh, he doesn't have it doesn't feeling. Have pain. Yeah. And there's, like, a submarine set piece at the end and, like, Denise Richards is in it. I just mm-hmm. had totally forgotten that movie existed. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember some of these set pieces. And then I thought Die Another Day, the last one, was actually surprisingly better than I remembered it being, uh, even though it has this atrocious opening th- uh, theme from Madonna, which I will give it uh, the license to uh, survive. To kill? Oh. Uh, <laughs> that uh, it was a very much product of his time. I mean, 2002, kind of like this weird kind of like next millennium like techno under it. But uh, weirdly enough, uh, Bond is the most motivated he's ever been out of all of his uh, four Pierce Brosnan films because he's trying to strike back at the North Koreans for imprisoning him for X amount of time and torturing him and basically getting him disavowed from, um, from it was MI6, right? That's what it is? Yeah. Uh, so weirdly, like, I, I, I really felt the, the drive with uh, Bond in his uh, last I, film. That's funny you mentioned that because I think Die Another Day – in context, uh, it feels very dated for O2 because that's like the Bourne movie in Triple X era of films where like the action was way quicker. Oh, and yeah. This movie feels There's, like, I was the, like, I like Michelle Yeoh though. Like, she's great. Oh, movie. yeah. That's great. That I, I think if I had to rank these, uh, GoldenEye is number one, but I think I would almost maybe tie Die Another Day with Tomorrow Never Dies uh-huh. just because they kind of have. Because their names are the same. <laughs> I know. That's, that's what's so hard talking about this era of Bond. Beyond GoldenEye, they all just kind of have the same titles that weave in together. But yeah, that was my rewatch of uh, Bond, I guess. Maybe I go back and I do some Daniel Craig rewatching since uh, the next uh, well, Bond movie is it, coming out. It's funny you mention that because that's going to tie into my topic here at the end. But we'll, we'll go ahead and jump into this. Yeah. Your next uh, one well, here. yeah. Last one, real quick. This was just a PSA, which is not a, even a public service announcement because those are supposed to be useful, right? Mm-hmm. My public service announcements are totally useless if I tell you after the thing has happened. So it's a brand new month. That means streaming rights have gotten shifted around. So just funny story. Uh, at the end of September, I was watching Jennifer's Body because it was streaming for free on Amazon Prime. And I watched uh, about half of it when I was doing other things. So I decided to finish it up on October 1st. And I hit play. And, you know, after watching about 10 minutes, I noticed a commercial pop up. And I was like, wait a minute. Why am I getting a commercial on an Amazon Prime streaming title? And then I hit pause and I went back to the screen. Uh, Between the months, it had shifted from Amazon Prime to IMDb TV, which also streams within the Amazon Prime app. But the quirk of IMDb TV is that it's free and it has commercials. So the streaming rights of my movie had shifted between months. So the second half of my film, I had to watch it with commercials. So... The weird, wacky world of streaming. Uh, I, I guess I'll give them props is that it just all stayed within the same like database row in their yeah. system. Uh, it just I all I had to do was hit continue watching, and then it just 
picked up right where I left off. It just threw another like licensing rights manager or something. So yeah. I, I just, just keep an eye out. If you saw like a horror type of thriller movie streaming on a catalog back last month and you're looking forward to watching it this month, yep. I guarantee it's shifted That's... around because these streamers know when their movies are most popular and the rights shift based on that well, desire. It and I think that's what I was going to say. If it is a seasonal film, watch every Christmas movie disappear in December. Watch every oh, Halloween yes. movie or horror movie disappear in October to a paid service. They want now will like, oh, it's not streaming. You have to pay to watch this. I'm pretty sure uh, every Bond film is now pay to watch as soon as, uh, what's it's called? Uh, no Time to Die is coming out. Like, they're all yes. like very much like, <laughs> we're going to make you pay to watch these because you waited too long. Uh-huh. So, yes, yeah. I... I Thank you for the public danger <laughs> announcement. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, my belated PSA. So, yeah, uh, yeah keep a keep a lookout. Keep yeah. a diligent eye. But yeah. uh, Chris, uh, well, you've been up to a bit of a yeah. project here, with yeah. which I assume is a lot of gigabytes. Yes, uh, several hundred gigabytes, <laughs> if you will. So I, I have finished my uh, for 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 most ninety nine percent of the way my home theater at home um, to mm-hmm. prevent myself from going to the movies. So I have. Um, started to try to acquire uh, the disc versions of the recently released Lord of the Rings extended editions in 4K with the upgraded audio. And I have an Atmos sound system, and I've been trying to use my um, internal Plex server and my Xbox to pass this high-quality audio through, right? Like, like, you may think it's as quick as hitting the play button, but if it doesn't work with your system, there's some transcoding that works, as Mike has, has found out as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some downscaling across the internet, uh, depending on your player. So I have um, recently acquired a digital copy of the Fellowship of the Ring extended in 4K with Atmos sound. And uh, this only reason I found this is was to test this home theater, because I think that's a great film to really you know, mm-hmm. uh, absorb it all in. But I wanted to find Skyfall in 4K with Atmos. But guess what? None of the Bond films were upgraded to um, spatial audio systems. They are all 5.1. Which there's nothing wrong with that if it's a good mix. And, and I believe Skyfall is. But like, it all came down because I'm like, I really want to watch Skyfall before No Time to Die drops out. But now I ended up with a four and a half hour Lord of the Rings extended movie because uh, <laughs> they they have not cut it. Also, uh, Christopher Nolan did not do any of his movies in Atmos. Those are all 5.1 as well because I wanted to actually do The Dark Knight um, before He doesn't that, want so. you watching them at home. He wants you going to the theater. He wants his movies re-released annually yeah. every year. Yeah, I uh, no, I'm not doing that either. Uh, I I, uh, I sat through Tenet at home and uh, if I had to set that to a theater, I'd have reversed myself and walked out backwards out of that, that thing. Uh, it's not a bad movie, but man, that's super long. Very, very long. Uh, anyways, Mike, let's jump into the news here. We just yeah. walked out of a theater this week, actually, recently. Back back at it again uh, with Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the long, long, long-awaited sequel of the original Venom movie, which actually only came out in 2018, so three years isn't bad. It was supposed to be out October of last year. Uh-huh. Uh, in case anybody missed it, there was a pandemic. Uh, everything kind of shut down. This was delayed. Uh, till October, and I didn't actually think it was going to hit October, Mike. I thought we were going to get it pushed back, but they they put it out there, and uh, we were able to watch it. Before we jump into our uh, spoiler-free reviews here, you can listen to our spoiler-free review episode. Uh, right now, as of right now, they're estimating $91.1 million debut for this movie. Uh, the original Venom made $80 million, so uh, I think it's a... I wouldn't say a surefire thing, but I'm pretty sure they're going to make more Venom movies. So um, <laughs> yeah. just 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 buckle up, uh, get your 
get your Venom goggles on and, and be ready to do that. But uh, I'm going to flip the script a little bit, Mike, and drop it on you to tell us what you thought. Spoiler-free of Venom, let there be carnage because it will probably shock everyone. <laughs> well, much like if you reverse the superhero <laughs> slate clock back to last year when Chris was talking about the Bond films, yeah. take that dial, turn it back a little bit more to when we revealed the first film in 2018, and I have the exact same opinion on this movie, right? Uh, I much bemoan the phrase, uh, if you liked this movie, you'll like the sequel, uh, because it seems a little bit uh, simplistic, but I've never felt that phrase more in my yeah. entire life when it comes to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. If you're a fan of the first film, you're getting pretty much the exact same film for the sequel which meant I did not like this movie because I did not like the first one so I, I feel like a little bit of a crazy person because there seems to be this contingent of people that in, uh, overwhelmingly enjoy the film and I, I just can't quite comprehend it uh, I, I don't judge them but I just I just don't see it so um, <laughs> in, the, in the spoiler review of the podcast we talked about the future of Venom which I would say is a little bit more of an interesting uh, part for me to talk about because I always like speculating and uh, the mm -hmm. rumor mill so uh, check out the spoiler free review if you want to hear maybe our thoughts on where the character will go next but in my opinion he is exactly where he left off in the first film and you just get more of that and since I didn't like it i didn't like it so uh uh chris i i believe you are slightly more positive yeah. on the venom experience I, uh than me so let, let's hear it yeah i uh I, this is not a great movie this will not blow your mind uh, but i will tell you uh, it does lack the the part of the first movie i hated which is three quarters of the movie is just building up to the final scenes um again i think i use the word science and technology are heavily used in this first one this one is just balls to the wall crazy there's no rhyme or reason and it doesn't need it and it knows it and it just kind of goes a little bit around i would say uh we talked a little bit about it does lack a lot of action which it could have done a lot more action i think we both agreed with that um but overall if you like again i think if you like the first one you will <laughs> like this one if you don't like the first one uh, you're probably going to feel the same by the time you walk out of the movie theater. So if you even go to the theater, if you didn't like it, you're probably not going to watch this. But it seems to be a, again, Venom has a, uh, it's not a subculture, I guess, but like, you know, there are Venom fans around uh, the world and they are, and they are going to watch Venom and they're going to be happy with whatever they get because they get a chance to watch Venom and that's fine. And I think this movie is um, for Mandy Circus very competent. I love Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is Eddie Brock. I, I think, you know, he doesn't do enough reporting, if you will, but like, you know, as the, the, the character who in this universe uh, is essentially a loser, if you will, because he, he ruined his his life in the first one um, by, what was it, like leaking some stuff from his uh, girlfriend at the time, fiance. Um, yeah, it's it just continues on from there, and I think this. It, I think one thing I would I would fault this movie for is you have to watch the first one to watch this one, Mike. Like I'm pretty sure it like picks up almost right where it leaves off. I feel, um, or maybe a couple months later, but like there's no like they even reference that first one quite a bit and things in there without you know any inclination. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, again I'm lukewarm on it. I can watch a movie and turn off the part of the brain that makes me think, but like at the same time, I was able. I will tell Mike this. Um, Compared to the first movie, I could actually tell Venom from Carnage by the end of this movie when they were fighting. So I applaud them for at least making red, red, and black, black. In, yeah, it helps the that they're different colors. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see how this movie is going to do in China because yeah. I think that was the big story that came out of the first Venom film that just had this big international appeal to the character and I'm curious to look at the numbers to see if that's going to be uh, the same in, in this case. But uh, it, it looks like... a. 
venom has found its way into certain people's uh into certain people's hearts and i will give them credit for that right you know there's the world isn't full of uh seven billion mike royers and i'm at peace with that (laughs) yeah i'm trying to see here um it it looks like you know um venom 2 may not be china but it is going through russia so who knows who knows what where this movie would go the <laughs> box office is a big like you say as always a big asterisk right now right anything and everything can change in a heartbeat over yeah. anywhere so um yeah it's, it's the biggest one right now for lack of could be lack of competition uh could be people just wanting to get back out and go to the movie theater so um check out our review episode the first uh first half is always spoiler free we talked about how going on all that fun stuff so um we'll talk more about that later I forgot how much I missed the Umbrella Academy <laughs> until this weekend. Um, they uh, have officially confirmed that the season three called Hotel Oblivion, which is one of the comic book uh, um, volumes, will be releasing in 2022. Um, I didn't have I didn't have any inclination it would be released this year, but I'm very excited to know that you know they're it's on their mind and they want us to watch it very soon. Um, oh man, I I love that last season of Umbrella Academy. Uh, yeah. When they were, you know. I guess slight spoilers, not huge spoilers, but they are kind of, you know, flung into a totally different, uh, totally different locale and world for that yeah. second season. And I think I was always really curious how they were going to handle it. And while they handle it greatly, they really expanded on this whole wacky universe. You know, they were touching on like time travel slash, mm-hmm. you know, not really multiverses, but, you know, Umbrella Academy, you know, they were kind of putting this in, they're kind of getting the pop culture mindset comfortable with this uh, before yeah. these big movie franchises were doing it. So uh, I, I, I love everything about this yeah. series. 2022, that's going to be a big year for Netflix because Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy, some of their biggest uh, franchises uh, mm-hmm. returning. Uh, the Witcher, too, also yeah. returning. Man, that's going to be blockbuster. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they are if they are releasing those in like on based on financial quarters, right? You know, first quarter, this first, you know, second quarter that, and then they just uh, tell their shareholders, Oh yeah, we've been killing it each quarter. Extraction too, probably Um, squid game too, probably. Uh, Yeah. Netflix is is poised to do uh, stuff. The other, the only other thing about this is at the end of season two, spoiler alert, they set up the Sparrow Academy, which is like the current iteration or the current volume of comics coming out of mm-hmm. the Umbrella Academy. So it's, it's weird that they would reference Hotel Oblivion unless they're going to merge these two together for this season, which I don't see them doing a problem. They merged literally books one and two for seasons one and two. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I I fully trust them. I love the cast. I love their wacky abilities. And um, they're now in a situation which they've never been in, and I think that's going to set them up for even more interesting stuff so mm-hmm. uh yeah I'm, I'm excited for that but until then we get our next journey into live action star wars we are going back to the is, there, is it the star wars cinematic universe is that what we call it now yeah i mean i i guess because because <laughs> like one of these o- options below is not connected to any of this yet so now i'm like mm-hmm. is it the star wars cinematic universe well yes the book of boba fett is officially releasing on december 29th on disney plus we are not getting we're skipping mandalorian season three right now this year and going right into this um john favreau dave filoni uh i believe bryce dallas howard or um and then what who's the other guy robert Rodriguez have directed episodes on this so the, mm-hmm. the, the usual suspects if you will um but what was interesting you know i talked about this off air is that uh, there is no sacred window for releasing TV shows anymore. Uh, yeah, how wild, right? Like, my entire childhood growing up uh, before streaming, 
right? The the period between uh, the December holidays, and I would say maybe Martin Luther King Day, which is kind of mid to end January, nothing comes out because there is this, this assumption that people are away from their screens, away from their devices, away from their TVs, and you're just not going to be able to pull in the adver- advertising revenue that you want to during that time. So maybe since streaming just removes uh, the advertiser component from it completely, they will just re- drop anything anytime. I mean, maybe the idea is by the 29th, people are have returned from their holiday travels. It's just so strange, right? Because it's a two days from another holiday holiday uh you know new year's here mm-hmm. um i, I know the, the, the like week Chinese everyone is different <laughs> well the, the week everyone doesn't work pretty much they're all yeah like, going exactly places. so maybe that's maybe that's the strategic point of it they know a lot of people are going to be home and won't be traveling during that point in time yeah. but yeah it is strange to see something coming out on december 29th but also the uh the the last season and the next season of cobra kai are coming out uh january 1st so i guess just the beginning of january this is a whole this is a whole new avenue f- for streaming because it's so funny january used to be this dumping month well, for movies but now for streaming it's just like oh yeah we're gonna put some big stuff out so at the very beginning of the year how many episodes are is hawkeye do you think is it six or eight um minimum six though right i i would guess six just because based on the trailers it kind of seems like maybe an extended week or weekend like oh they're in the city on vacation i can't imagine it being longer than you know a week or so 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 that actually puts that that day the last hawkeye day one two three four five six on the 29th as well so i mean i i didn't think they'd overlap marvel and star wars I honestly no. thought they would try to spread them apart because there's a lot of audience overlap, but well, it looks like they're they're maybe maybe the Boba Fett thing might be a smaller audience, um, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess if anybody's getting a Disney Plus subscription uh, uh, as a gift over the holidays, you're gonna have a lot to unwrap when you yeah. open up that uh, when you open up your first Disney Plus uh, uh, featured window. Yeah. You're gonna have all this stuff in your face. That's right. I'll be playing it in the background while I'm tearing down all the Christmas stuff in the house. You know. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think that's great. You know, um, again, book of Boba Fett, uh, something we never thought we would get. Right, the return of Boba Fett after he fell in that Sarlacc pit uh, years ago, mm. and uh, was essentially one of the worst one off characters ever because he had no lines and just kind of fell in the hole so he's back baby and he's a little too jacked for his uniform it doesn't fit as well as it used to exactly he has been living on nothing but a diet of sand and or or was it blue milk and womp rats out there in tattooing Yeah, um, I guess the, you can uh, really yeah. get swole with that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see how many episodes it is, how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I, li- I like live-action Star Wars. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, even though I'm not as jazzed about the Andor series, Mike, but uh, the primary filming has wrapped on the series, so that means we will probably get this, guess what, middle of 2022, you think? Like, after Obi-Wan and then, then Andor? Or do you think Andor then Obi-Wan? I mean, it's hard... It's, yeah. it's hard to say, right? I, yeah. I, I'm trying to get the the timelines. No, they wouldn't cross over at all. Yeah, because it would still be you and McGregor Obi Wan, which would yeah. be theoretically too young to cross over with the with the Andor series. No, no, right? no, no. When Andor um, takes place with Rogue One, which is at the start of A New Hope, I guess. But if uh, so, Andor will be before it, this. That. Yeah, but it, yeah, nah, either way, yeah. The room, <laughs> I don't well, know we exactly had what we had really rumor mills that you and McGregor was going to be in it. Remember, like that was like. Oh yeah, we we would be comfortable going and watching this if he's in it. 
Yeah, I guess they're going to have to age him up quite a bit, you know, because yeah. he's going to have to look relatively close to what um, Alec Guinness. Uh, yeah, Alec Guinness looked like in, in the, uh, in the if, original. If, if they Star don't, Wars. it's fine. I mean, Alec Guinness looked old for his age, you know. And I mean, anything Andor can do to get me interested in it, they yeah. need to do right. And, <laughs> and it's a twelve. They they confirmed a twelve episode season. Now I'm going uh, to assume this is not hour long episodes. I'm going to assume Andor is doing half hour long episodes. Yeah, for 12, yeah. So six hours total feels on par with Disney+. Plus. I can probably digest Andor in half-hour bites rather than full-hour <laughs> bites. Um, you know, we're not excited. We, we don't care for the character in Rogue One. Again, it's a prequelitis. But if it does bring in some other big characters like they have, maybe a Darth Maul from the end of Solo kind of era stuff, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd find out oh, more. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to explore the, those areas because they're doing – Post Clone Wars, pre A New Hope, and they're also doing post yeah. uh, Revenge of the. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider Revenge myself of. a hardcore Star Wars fan. I, I think I'm uh, above average for sure, but mm. it is getting very difficult for me to keep track of the timeline because you always just have to you have to sit back for a second, you have to think about the events of the movie, and then relate them to whatever your barometer of Star Wars is. Like my mm. barometer of Star Wars is the original trilogy, so I have to think, okay, is this before the original trilogy or after? Mm. If it's before is it before or before the prequels so it's just it takes me like at least a couple cycles in my brain to like really figure out what i'm talking about thankfully they they're not going in anything close to before the prequels so i mean um most of us like thousand years out so yeah i I think you know there's there's the windows in between the trilogies where they're really kind of fleshing this out so it doesn't make me feel any better about it but like you know there's opportunity to introduce some 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 people here some some set some things in motion we can see later like i never thought the mandalorian would actually give us something good right like maybe maybe andor will surprise us knock on wood mm. um and do that but i i'm i, I i'm a big star wars fan i love, I love the timelines i love the stuff however i'm not loving star wars visions mike i'm just gonna go ahead and get it out of the way I, wow shots fired across uh, the bow i watched episode one the duel and I was honestly bored. I didn't even want to watch it uh, by the end of it. I'm like, yeah, this has got a cool lightsaber, but I don't like the animation style of the duel. Like the, the foe it's 3d, but it's supposed to look like what pencil drawings, I believe mm-hmm. coming away. Um, the, the, the silent hero, the, the silent, uh, samurai it's, I, I understand the story. I understand the trope did not drag me in, did not really, you know, pull me in. I, it is going to be, work to finish this this series for me if if i get to it so um. yeah uh you know to avoid really any spoilers i've seen a little bit more than you i've almost completed all of it i have a little bit left of the last episode which i think is episode nine i just got uh caught up with something and i had to hit pause so i've almost completed all of these stories entirely and i can say all of the craft is there for sure every studio is really going hard at their visual style and it is compelling to watch something on a uh, shorter timeline and a shorter budget because you get to put more effort in kind of that one kind of 10 or 15 minute story Mm -hmm. so it is impressive to see the quality of animation and i would say the concepts and the ideas that they're setting up are clever right a lot of kind of almost like i get a lot of what if vibes here from star wars visions like oh what if this or what if that and then there's kind of like this light brush of kind of like samurai ish uh, coating put over it because they're kind of um, leaning into the anime style. But yeah, unfortunately, I think I would kind of agree with you. Um, none of these nine shorts 
are really, really, um, are really lighting my eyes up, right? They, uh, they, I feel like some of them are kind of like playing it safe. You know, the hero almost always wins. We're not really kind of seeing any creative, uh, any creative takes on what could happen in the Star Wars universe. Uh, as much as I love and always uh, fawn over lightsabers, I feel like every creator had the exact same idea, and a lot of these stories really focus on either a kyber crystal or a lightsaber, and I never thought I'd say this, but like, uh, maybe come up with a slightly <laughs> different idea. Like, I'm, I'm shocked saying it, but like, uh, but I, I think another big impression that I got, that I got out of watching uh, Star Wars Visions, you know, coinciding with watching a lot of Marvel what if of just like I really want to dive back into the main timelines for these franchises right I don't I'm kind of tired of being on this on I would say somewhat meaningless offshoots where it's just kind of like experimental fun you know like I'm not gonna poo poo fun I like it I can have it but like I am have I was so underwhelmed by the last Star Wars trilogy and I've been having some fun you know with the Mandalorian but I still feel like I'm kind of like stuck in this one time frame like I really 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 want to push the Star Wars franchise like forward into like like a new horizon and I'm desperately wanting that. So I'm hoping like these next star Wars movies that they're working on that are pushing the franchise forward are, are really my thing because the whole time I'm watching star Wars visions, like, you know, you're jumping around from different times. Some of them feel like they're clone Warsy vibes. Some of them feels like they're kind of like post Republic vibes. And I'm just like, just get, get me out of all this. Get me away from all of this uh, pre-established, uh, lore that you're holding yourself to just move me further on into the star wars universe that's what i'm really i'm really hoping for mm -hmm. so i, I that, it, no fault of uh, no fault of what if our star wars visions they're obviously executing on an idea but i just i can't help but feel that when i watch them back yeah. to back and i'm kind of waiting for my next big well, star wars thing i think that the difference between what if and, and visions is because we'll talk about what if at the end of the episode is mm. what if is canonical right uh it will mm. it will have effects and I, I think we'll talk about that more today but star wars visions has been confirmed to be non-canonical these are just essentially legends mm. if you will star wars legends so um, not that everything needs to connect, and it, it can be fun. I just I felt like I've seen this before, over and over again. And if I've already seen it once in one other, you know, um, fandom, I, I, doing the same thing here doesn't make me feel any different about it. It doesn't change my. Uh, just because it's in Star Wars doesn't mean I automatically like it, right? That's yeah. that, that's a and fallacy I mean, with some of these visions. Yeah. And I mean, I know Star Wars is kind of a PG-13 to PG universe, and this is on Disney+, Plus, but I, I wanted like a little bit more edge. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, I can't always have what I want, but, you know, we compare this a lot to the Animatrix anthology or maybe even like the Batman oh, anthology this, or, or, or the... Or the Love, Death, and Robots anthology. Yeah. And I feel like all of those kind of go a little deeper and darker into the mythos. And I feel like a lot of these don't quite go that route. And Well, the, the problem with for me is I've seen Halo Legends. And there is a, an episode in that called The Duel, which deals with the, the, um, the, you know, the, the elite um, species. Mm -hmm. Yeah. living in a samurai society in the same art style going through a duel like i'm like <laughs> this is identical and i feel like you know you do something good they're just they're just still going with it and i'm not i've already seen it like i would i want like i agree with you 
think of something new. Think of something creative. Don't just tell the same story in a different different medium. So uh, nothing against Star Wars Visions. If you like it, that's perfectly fine. There is nothing. I mean, there's no fallacy it's doing. It's just for us. I feel like we're not really resonating yeah. with it. This yeah, much. I'm. I'm not. Cru- I'm not crusading against Star Wars yeah. Visions like I was uh, Venom Two. It's just you know. Uh, unfortunately, I- I'm curious what a second season could possibly look like, right? You know, hopefully, creatively, they can lean away from an anime kind of uh, samurai aesthetic, which really po- proliferated all nine episodes. And I love just to see them, any animation style, whatever you want to do. That's kind of one of the great things about Love, Death, and Robots. Some of it's like highly polished CG, some of it's like crude 2D animation, some of it's like weird and goofy and funny, some of it's like super serious and graphic. I would love to see that treatment to star wars where they can just go you know really balls to the wall yeah yeah and and honestly i if i could be if i could get a wish make it canonical um you know don't don't just tell a you know a japanese legend in anime tell us something in star wars in anime mm. and and i'd be i'd be on board for that I, let's let's just push the push it forward um like you said, it could be any era, pre-era, post-era, probably not post-era. They're not really doing a lot of that, but like it could, it could be something else. So I'm down with that. Um, yeah, let's jump into Disney Plus. Echo, are you familiar with the character Echo at all? Have you have you seen any of this news about this character Echo? I haven't. I haven't seen any of this. I okay. was br- browsing uh, through the show notes before we started recording, and so, I was like, oh, I see. Uh, uh, Netflix has reared its head again in our uh, yeah. in our episode. So yeah. uh, Netflix again, third time on this episode. Uh, uh, so Echo is a character uh, that's going to be in Hawkeye. She um, she's a deaf character who uh, relies on echolocation, right? Kind of mm-hmm. very similar to Daredevil. She has a lot of ties to Daredevil in the comic books, and as we saw, it looks like Clint has hearing aids, right? In the uh, in the upcoming show, so Echo is in there for a shot. So apparently, um, there's been rumors. Uh, nothing confirmed that there's an Echo show in works at Disney Plus, and with that now comes um, a lot of rumors, strong rumors, like almost confirmed kind of rumors, mm-hmm. is that Charlie Cox will become a, like show up as Daredevil. It is a supporting role in the series, not even a cameo. So, like, supporting role means at least six episodes, and I assume mm. that's probably 12 half-hour episodes uh, for this show, if that's the case. Or he's going to show up at least once in every episode of a six-hour series, um, which would be interesting because this would be a spin-off. This is our first spin-off of a spin-off in here uh, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, like, Hawkeye's the spin-off series, then Echo would be the, the character who spins off into her own show kind of thing. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is very interesting for me because I we did we haven't even met Echo yet and they're already talking about a series for her. like yeah and also this kind of goes into the whole how is this multiversal transference between worlds yeah. going to happen you know uh, beyond, at the end of the day all of these characters are actualized characters uh, with feelings and relationships right and if you watch the Daredevil Netflix series in my opinion. Uh, the best I think of all of the characters that was adapted on Netflix he has relationships he has feelings he has friends he has a a business he has uh, villains he has his own fleshed out world of Hell's Kitchen Uh, is his whole world 
going to be folded into it? Is yeah. just him being pulled into the MCU? What exactly is happening here? That's kind of what I want to know because I, I feel like I've been operating in my head of just characters are getting plucked and dropped into the MCU, but it's almost starting to feel like that maybe all of these worlds like might phase briefly into each other, and it won't just be like Daredevil's in their world. Uh, Daredevil's looking like, oh, why is this Spider-Man in my world? Like, my office is still on the street, you know, with my uh, with my avocado brothers at law or whatever, you know, whatever that joke was in the yeah. show plaque uh, up on the wall. So that's what I'm kind of curious about because, yeah, I could, I would totally love to see uh, Matt Burt, Matt Murdock, you know, palling around with another kind of um, a sensory type of superhero. I think that works really, really well, right? But like, is he missing his friends? Is he missing his family? Doesn't he want to get back to work? He's he's got like a whole life in another dimension. So I'd like to see that. Uh, I'd like to see that you know explored, and I'm sure they will. You know, Kevin Feige yeah. doesn't seem to be cutting a lot of corners, thankfully. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of. I mean, as uh, the MCU moves forward, we have a lot of questions. We pretty much right now only have what the Spider-Man trailer to show us that maybe universes will be crossing. Mm-hmm. And that's about all we have to go on so far. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, Echo, I mean, I, I said, yes, we, we haven't even met Echo in the other series. Of course, they have, like, Ironheart and all the Miss Marvel. Well, that's fine, but, like, they're being introduced in those shows kind of thing. And Echo is a side character in a series who is getting her own show. And I just want to know more about her and her abilities and how how does Daredevil play into it. Do we even need Daredevil in her show, right? I mean, do, I mean, he's a blind character and she's a deaf character and you know they may they both use kind of echolocation to work off each other so i expect some hopefully knock on wood mike some very visually striking aesthetics uh for their worlds yeah. um more hallway fights are we gonna get more hallway just fights. uh more hallway fights more echolocation hallway fights i just just the line renders of the hallways mike is all we're gonna see but i mean um is echo a fighter is she using her power to to hear things like what where does she fit into this and in the mcu at large so i want to know more about her before i get excited like just throwing daredevil in there doesn't make the show better right like it's just you're throwing more characters at it doesn't make it make it a good show so i'm hoping to hear more about this and get some <laughs> hey, are you are soon. we talking about uh obi-wan and andor again <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much uh just, just because you put this uh a fan favorite from another thing and it doesn't make it good sense. so well, yeah hopefully we get more information on this and you know again i have nothing against charlie cox's daredevil as long as they make this work and make it work good that that's perfectly fine with me right like that's mm-hmm. we want quality over quantity and we've said that how many years now seven six and a half so um Good on that route. But speaking of Marvel Studios, in a very, very vague uh, kind of uh, tweet, I believe, uh, Liza Singer, uh, who is known for, uh, I believe, the showrunner of Harley Quinn and DC Superhero Girls, uh, is now showrunning a new a new NDA series at Marvel. And I say new NDA series at Marvel, meaning like this is not like season two of um, Loki or What If or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like her background's in animation. I assume we've heard there's going to be more animated projects coming. My guess is that she's going to be working on a new animated series over at Marvel. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be disappointed if this was uh, somebody making the jump to live action, but I feel like that doesn't happen quite often. I believe she's uh, a so, storyboard artist as well. Uh, is her background uh, so? Oh. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this was animation, though, because it does make the most sense. But, yeah, I am curious, uh, you know, if we're going to get something canonical within the MCU, right? Because it doesn't seem like this is going to be more what if. And what if kind of has this luxury of working outside of the MCU uh, so yeah. it can kind of do what it wants. But, yeah, this could be the first indication that we might have something canonical in the mcu that is animated that yeah. could be pretty wild yeah that that is not um what was it the one we just saw last week a uh, hit monkey right like mm-hmm. and probably visually different than um what if uh i would not i would not be opposed to them taking different animation styles for different series at marvel even if they are canonical or non-canonical right like i would love to to see them branch off like i not she doesn't necessarily need to do the Harley Quinn animation for this, but like, you know, I, I if she does, I feel like this should be very very well aligned to do a Deadpool animated series at Marvel. Like, I feel like the Harley Quinn model would flow over to that pretty well. Do you think so? Like, but yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to box her into like, oh, you're only going to do humorous fourth wall breaking characters kind of thing. Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, I, I I am I'm assuming if that does get announced, we'll see a lot of people saying, oh, well, what happened to Donald Glover? And, you know, then people have to remind them, oh, well, that was at FX. This is different. And then, you know, there'll be a whole like news uh, cycle that week and it'll get uh, engulfed in flames if uh, um, Donald Glover decides to tweet about it in some way right because he was I think he was a little salty right he shared some stuff didn't yeah. he or at least somebody leaked some stuff on that Deadpool uh, animated series that uh, ended up online so yeah. oh, just prepare for that that uh, obnoxious news cycle you know? yeah exactly <laughs> And but I think you know um, the the animated world for marvel has not been tapped nearly as well as the dc stuff even for their their ad- adaptations right of of uh well-known graphic novels and, and volumes like i don't think marvel is going to do that but there's an opportunity for them to go into the, the animated realm and, and do be successful right after yeah after watching some of their their what if stuff uh in unsurprising news mike let's let's go ahead and just act shocked uh scarlett <laughs> johansson and disney settled their lawsuit Gasp. Was it public, Chris? Was all the information laid out there for everybody to see? Absolutely not. It was very vaguely (laughs) veiled behind some new stuff. So uh, I was able to kind of look into this a little bit. And some some sources are saying that this is uh, around 40 million, I believe. Uh, She got like maybe 40 million from this. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I, I think I've seen uh, that either or like 30, somewhere around that range. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't say necessarily you heard it first because we're not the only ones that were saying this. But we all knew it was going to be settled out of court in, a, in a undisclosed uh, locations and amounts. And, you know, obviously you have like reporters that have sources out there that kind of, you know, try to shake something loose. So that's probably why we're getting like this 30 to 40 million dollar range. But we'll never know the money, uh, the, the amount uh, truly for sure. I think the really the mainly shocking thing out of this is that there was was like one week where kind of like they went back and forth and in, in like the news headlines right where like marvel was like oh well we think she's being pretty disingenuous to the to the times that we're living in and then she was just like well why did you release my movie like this and like not let me uh uh reap the full benefits of the box office so it, I, it almost it doesn't even matter what side you're on anymore it's yeah. settled it's done who knows if scarlett johansson will ever come back into uh the disney um to the Disney oh, family. No, no, she she, it, she she still got her movie there. Um, she was making a movie with them in a uh, Tower of Terror, uh, based on the ride. She still have it, so they are still working together going well, forward. Well, any 
any new projects, uh, mm. I suppose. I, that are, I the contracts are not signed on, but you know she's uh, she's uh, already a star in her own right, so she doesn't necessarily yeah. need to worry about burning well, bridges. So. Well, I think she said she looks forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects. I think she'll be fine. She got paid forty million on top of the twenty million for her salary, so she got paid. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I think she she wanted eighty. I think is the initial lawsuit. So she got you know, uh, including her twenty. So she got sixty rather than eighty. Uh, yeah, and I mean it's it's, it's 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 all jousting, right? Yeah. You know, they were never her and her lawyers and agents were never expecting eighty. So you shoot yeah. high, you negotiate, you meet somewhere in the middle yeah. to what you're kind and, of thinking. So and I assume once they ironed out, she got her money. And it's like, I mean, I to me, I think it's. There was no artistic integrity lost in this uh, lawsuit. It was all about financial stuff. So hopefully yeah. it stays financial and she's open to coming back to the MCU and, you know, working with Disney because she has been there and for a very long time. It has a really good, uh, you know, a longstanding history with him. Now, if she wants to go somewhere else, that's her right to do so as well. No, no worries at all. So um, I, 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 again, uh, a friend of the show, Patrick, sent it over to me, uh, and then I did I send it to you first, or did you send it to me? I forget which one. Uh, I think I sent it your yeah, way first. Yeah, he he beat me. He beat you to it, and I was just like, not shocked at all. Like this is this <laughs> is like the news article we expected to to, yeah. to hear the day we announce this. So the the rich get richer. More at eleven. Yes, so. exactly. In other news, water wet. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite line from Man of Steel. If I'm going to be honest with you, I, I do love <laughs> quoting that line. All right, set time of the episode where we dive into what if. Uh, we will be talking about episode seven, what if Ultron won. So there will be spoilers going into this. If you've not watched it, turn it off, go watch it, come back. Uh, there are time codes here for you to check it out. Um, but this is episode seven of eight episodes, I believe, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the next week is the last one. And this is the episode that actually mattered at the end of the yes. all. so <laughs> but but i i think before we we get into talking about uh, all the stuff that happened to it, yeah. i just we got to start off at the very beginning to say that uh, uh another episode that doesn't quite pass our test of what if at the very beginning of yeah. uh, the what if scenario here is what if ultron did kind of make it into uh vision's His body, body. Yeah. i so su- i suppose it's not vision's body at that point the, the time, vibranium body for, he made yeah. yes so that is the what if scenario but how, how, you know, right? I can envision a world to where Ultron gets the upper hand and makes yeah. it into that synthoid body. But what what happened? Like, what is the scenario? Did like, because that happened, they, they took Vision's body back when they were in like South Korea, right. I think. I think that's where that action set piece yep. happened. So I would love to see, like, I want to see in these episodes at least one scene of like, oh, maybe like, when like I don't know, this Cap is the moment through his here. shield, like you know, yeah. oh Ultron, like Haw- Hawkeye it, went or, like, back you know, for Black Widow and lost the body, kind of. Yeah, thing. you know, something. I want to see that what if scenario play out, even if it's just fast and quick. But like, okay, so he just gets in the Ultron's body. So that I'm, I just wanted to get that yeah. out of the way. Like, it doesn't seem like any of these episodes are really passing our main test here yeah. of what if. Yeah, <laughs> at least show us the. Fr- I, I'd even take a a single frame with a little bit of motion to it. Like, here's the moment that everything went sideways, right? Like, record yeah. scratch. You're wondering how I got here. Yeah, uh, 
show showed this uh, the the cast of Avengers like on the floor beaten up because yeah. he, you know but, right oh, yeah. oh well but I I think after you know you kind of get that pep peeve well, out of the way I thought this episode was pretty exciting this one I believe literally embraced the idea of what if in multiverses and different mm-hmm. potentialities quite a bit and I I think it was it was it it it, it played as kind of like a greatest hits but with Ultron destroying them mm-hmm. as well. Um, we see the Avengers. Uh, um, Ultron launched all the, the the nuclear rockets, and all the Avenger, the main four Avengers, the big four: Captain, Tony, um, Hulk, and Thor were all killed there. So Hawkeye and Black Widow were in a ship and lived, and they're the ones kind of outrunning the Ultron army around the world. But then you find out Ultron. Um, he uh, one of the one of the interesting moments is literally when Thanos finally shows up with the other gems, right? And, the, and Ultra literally slices him down the goddamn middle, and he falls in two pieces. And I'm like, oh, this is wild. This is where things are going to get a little wacky. Um, because, uh, not wacky in a bad way, like, this is where things are going to change. Because, you know, what does Ultron do with the Infinity Stones? He has the knowledge of the Infinity Stones, right? Like, Vision did. So he does, because he, he's literally powered by one. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was interesting to not see you know, the other Infinity Stones protect Thanos or have a little bit of a battle. But I thought that was like, I was like, oh, okay. They're they're literally just killing off what we've known as the biggest bad in the universe so far. Yeah. I mean, I suppose uh, if you catch them off guard, at the end of the day, Thanos just is organic matter that can just be split in half, right? Especially when it's powered by this um, basically uh, cold... Uh, calculated mm. you know robot if you will I, I do have to say i did not enjoy the james spader knockoff mm-hmm. uh it just really didn't work work for me at, at all you know i don't know if they went through a lot of different voice actors trying to find well, somebody that worked but i, I it, it really threw my wife off she was just like why does vision sound like this and i was like okay well it's not supposed to sound like vision because jarvis never made it into his body but it also does not sound anything yeah. like james spader for what it, ultron sounded and, like and i would say um um, it, what I will forgive them for is like, okay, we, we only heard James Spader out of the regular Ultron body, so maybe the Vision body made his voice sound a little different. But yeah, it, he got he got they, a software upgrade. Yeah, they, they, there's there's voice no voice. It was Ross Marquand, 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 however you say his name. He voiced Red Skull in Endgame or Infinity War. Uh, yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm sure he's very talented. He, I'm not I'm not bashing yeah, him at all. But like he's James Spader has such yeah. an iconic yeah. voice, right? I mean, when I remember the trailers for Age of Ultron, we were just like melting yeah. when we heard him talk doing that kind of puppet even, strings line. Even if you don't like, like Age of Ultron, his voice is still a, a scary oh, ass yeah. part of that that Thing. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly why they couldn't get him. I'm sure they tried. Yeah. like so. But yeah, it was a little distracting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and and that's fine. So after he gets the stones, he literally creates his army of of Ultrons, which is actually based on a comic book called Annihilation Conquest, where Ultron essentially goes across the universe with his swarm of drones and like almost annihilates half the universe or more. Uh, and then he goes and does a greatest hits across space uh, in his big little Ultron ship. Uh, yeah, I I thought that in, that that montage was really interesting because I feel like I hadn't quite seen really the cosmic universe mm-hmm. that they've laid out, you know, kind of in all one big moment. And I was like, oh wow, yeah, Marvel really has fleshed out their uh, space cosmic universe. Yeah really well because all the locations he went to were kind of things that we have seen before yeah yep we saw i mean nothing was new and that that's good because i'd hate for them to introduce something new and then destroy it immediately kind of along the way um 
So we got to see them uh, do that. You know, kind of a, a similar thing. Uh, very, a lot of homages. Again, like Guardians, like the, the Ultrons were just crashing literally into Xandar, right? Like the ships were in Guardians yeah, it, 1. And, and It felt a lot like the version of uh, Galactus from the Ultimate Universe yeah. of the comic books, where it's like a hive mind of robots yeah. uh, going from planet to planet. And then, like, you... I'm so glad that you saw it, too. Yeah. Uh, you sent me that homage uh uh, yeah. If you want to talk well, about it. Well, <laughs> so, so let's, let's jump in. So at the end of this, he literally destroyed everything, but I assume Black Widow and Hawkeye, uh, who Hawkeye sacrificed himself in the opposite end of Infinity mm-hmm. War. Um, very poetic. Very poetic. Uh, is into, um, it's essentially she's alive with Arnim Zola in a, in a robot body uh, on Earth, uh, trying to use this Arnim Zola as a robot to infiltrate Ultron. But Ultron is not in this universe because he finally um, observed the Watcher watching him. So the Watcher is narrating this and then literally realizes that the story is about to turn against him. Oh, spooky moment. Yeah. I actually really thought that was effective. You know, we got to kind of see what the Watcher looks like when he's watching TV, right? Yeah. He kind of looking at this big flat crystal wall. And then Ultron just kind of turns around and be like... Who is that? And he's just like, oh, shit. Oh. He can, oh, shit. Like, kind of like when you somebody notices that they can see you yeah. through a, a one-way mirror. I, and then, ooh, and he busts through yeah. it. I was like, oh, things have really, the yeah. Band-Aid has been torn off. We can't put the toothpaste yeah. uh, back in the tube anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so so Ultron busts through to the Watcher's realm, whatever that, wherever that is. And I'm sure they'll explain mm-hmm. that more. And then the Ultron, I mean, the Watcher almost died by his hand at one point. But it does show how strong the Watcher is along the way, keeping yeah, up with he, it. He yeah, he kicked, when he, like, uh, metamorphosized that armor yeah. onto him, and I was like, oh, shit. It's, it's morphin' time. I was... I was like really into it. Like this was awesome because like we have like eight episodes so far of just the watcher being this omnipresent, like powerful being that can watch over everything. So once we kind of get to meet him on, on uh, his same plane, I thought it was very effective. Yeah. And, And this is where I think what if finally pays off to me because Ultron and the watcher are fighting and literally with every punch, the background changes. They are in another reality. Oh yeah, and like, I that. like it, it reminds me a little bit, um, for lack of a better example, in Monsters Inc. When they start beating up the lizard guy with the camouflage, and all, every time they hit him, <laughs> yeah. his, his his camo changes. So every time they were hitting each other, <laughs> yeah. you would see flashes and flashes of universes around them. But what if like St- mm. Captain America was president? You know, a lot of them were, were Earth, which you know the, the 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 universe is bigger than Earth, but whatever they're gonna put him in there. Um, See him punch there. And then one of my favorite shots is where he throws the watcher to a planet and then Ultron himself uh, uses his infinity stones to grow as big as a, a Galactus, essentially his head and bite into a planet to eat it, which is the best looking like Galactus I've ever seen in any MCU. I'm like, oh my gosh, they did it without telling us it's Galactus. So yeah, far. I mean, yeah, it's a dr- like a direct homage. I, and I think it's finally a sign that like Marvel at some point in time will consider this character. Yeah. I'm not saying they never would have to begin with, but like the fact that you're making an homage to it is very you, uh, direct. You're aware. And, yeah, and it goes to show you that, yeah, there actually is a world where you could have this gigantic character play within the MCU because that's something that they are still trying, I think, to wrap their heads around. And we'll we'll get a little bit more of that for sure in the Eternals, right? These celestial. big celestial beings. Like, how do you even relate that 
to a small person, mm-hmm. right? You know, how, how do they even comprehend what a celestial is thinking or wanting to do, you know, and how do you make a grounded story that an audience will like? Well, it seems Seriously. like you might be able to do something at that big of a scale. So uh, it seems like Galactus, maybe yeah. at some point in time, yeah. maybe not the near future, but maybe a couple of phases down the line, maybe we'll get something big eating the planet. Yeah, so, so they definitely play with uh, the idea of changing things a lot more. And so Ultron, his quest for peace is to annihilate everything. So he's going to to annihilate realities, essentially, is what he has decided to do. I will tell you, I do have one complaint here. Um, Wherever the TVA exists, Infinity Stones don't work. Uh Wherever Ultron and the Watcher is, Infinity Stones still work. So we need to have some consistency on what Infinity Stones' upper limits are, because I feel like this is like a get-out-of-jail-free card right here. Yeah, I... I suppose if I could try to find a way to rationalize it, the Infinity Stones did not work within like the office environment right. of the TVA. So maybe there's some sort of metaphysical thing happening with that specific location. Right. Or maybe this moment of, you know, Ultron breaking through into other universes happens after uh, the season finale of Loki. So maybe kind of once well, the multiverse that, starts to split, maybe the the behavior of the Infinity Stones yeah. aren't quite what we expect them yeah, to be. Yeah, well, I, I think just give me something like, why does this work all of a sudden? Because literally they go mm. through, it's a very poignant point in Loki, right? Like, oh, I have mm. a jar full of Infinity Stones. Like, we use them as paperweights. So why, why do you mm-hmm. want them? So I just need a little bit of explanation for that uh, as to why this is. But I did notice there's something very interesting about this. So in the artwork for this Ultron early on and even kind of going mm-hmm. on now, the Infinity Stones are in different locations on the artwork than in the actual show. Um, mm. Do I think this is a um, mistake? Possibly. The other option is what if one of the end goals in next week's episode, this is a theory, is that they're going to try to get a good Ultron or a good Vision empowered by Infinity Stones. Like um, like the Vision maybe in the zombie universe or something like that. And like, hey, you're actually as powerful as Ultron. Let's get you the Infinity Stones. Uh, or maybe, maybe um, what's his name? Arnim Zola into a body like that uh, to fight Ultron. Oh, I mean, maybe because you do kind of you're trying to uh, think of what is the finale going to be right because we we see here at the end, uh, Doctor Strange, evil Doctor Strange has like hatched from his egg that we've all been anticipating. And I thought, you know, who knows, maybe this could be uh, something that we see in the live action universe, but it is kind of exciting to see it pay off here later down mm-hmm. the line in its own season. And we've been waiting for that big moment of the kind of cosmic, not cosmic, but like these multiversal Avengers teaming up because yeah. we saw it in the trailers where we're supposed to be getting like a, a Gamora and all of these other characters teaming up. So I could see them all teaming teamed up fighting different hive minds of Ultrons, right? But they do need to, at some point in time, take down this big baddie that can grow to the size of a galaxy and eat it. So how do you contend with that? And I guess, you know, give him some of his own medicine of putting Zola in a body. Or maybe they just have to outsmart him long enough just to get him, uh, just to get Zola inside of his brain. I I don't know, but I'm excited. This This was intense. This was fun. Seeing the bounds of reality broken and 
and seeing the watcher scared and he's been so adamant about you know not you know you know not interfering but of course you know if you are familiar with the watcher from the comic he books yeah, eventually <laughs> eventually he's going to interfere but like you know it's against his creed and code but like so things have to elevate to such an extent to get him to interfere yeah so i feel like they have definitely elevated it to a point of just like oh the everything that's ever been anywhere in all of existence in any universe yeah. is at threat these, because of this robot has yeah these non-pruned timelines are now causing problems for themselves and you know that was one thing at the end of it he literally ends up with dr strange from what episode three i believe um mm. or four maybe it's, I don't, yeah I don't it's whenever the the doctor strange ended his universe and ended up in one small crystallized little bubble right like mm-hmm. so he's there and he's like i need your help so we will see i don't think he was an evil doctor strange i just think he was very single-minded doctor strange mm-hmm. uh will probably like okay let's build a team and how do we build that team you know, bring back Party Thor, bring back Captain Carter. Um, who who else along the way? It's, we've had so many episodes. I've I've kind of forgotten some of them. Um, there's that Gamora. I, we, she's not been introduced yet. We've got this uh, apocalyptic Black Widow. Um, really, just do we no. do we assume Party Thor has been destroyed? You know, because we did see uh, him go on this multiversal rampage of destroying a bunch of different worlds. You know, when he shows up in Party Thor's world, is that just when? You know, if we were just to stick around with that uh, scene for a couple more seconds, would we just have seen Thor die? Well, <laughs> you know, right he, there because he's no match. No, for him. I know, I know. Party Thor is in the finale, based on um, some that the multi the protectors of the multiverse art or Avengers of the multiverse artwork. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, who else had episodes? I'm trying to think along the way because um, now I can think about this Ultron episode because this is literally the payoff. Finally, like we were like, is it an anthology? Will they all combine? Will we get that Killmonger? Uh, in the Star-Lord uh, Black Panther T'Challa along the way. Yeah, it, it seems like the, the zombie universe is a little bit too tied up with its own kind of apocalypse, yeah. so it, it's, it would be kind of weird to imagine maybe something from that yeah. Possibly episode sp- tying into Spider-Man the- with the cape, maybe, if they bring him into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, but I don't, like yeah, I said, like some of those can literally be one-offs and be fine. Like I'd be fine with them being one-offs. Well, yeah, it seems like it's, you know, Captain Carter for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the, T'Challa Star Lord will be one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, then we got the the Dark Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we had any standout characters from that. Um, uh, Aunt, uh, Hank Pym Yellow Jacket. Oh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's anything to pull out of there. As yeah, a standout I wouldn't. Hero. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, I, I I hesitate to say Killmonger even being pulled out of his universe. Yeah, because he's he seems a little too selfishly minded, yeah, you know, right? Exactly to uh to join a group. So, right yeah, now. I'm excited. I don't know what this week holds, Mike, and I'm very very excited to watch it and avoid spoilers at all costs because there will be a post credit scene. You know that, right? It's the last episode mm-hmm. of the season. They can't hold anything back now. So, <laughs> ain't that um, the truth? Anything else on this? I think this was this was a really good one. I was really really happy to watch this one, and despite everything kind of going wrong, um, it was very yeah. it was entertaining. I've- I want like a little model, a standee figure of this uh, of this fully fledged Infinity Stone Ultron. Mm-hmm. His armor just looks really cool. I don't really know exactly why he has a lance, but it it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make any much practical sense, but I think it looks badass. He, so I'd love to have like a little uh, statue. He loves shooting beans. Thing. Uh, did I send you the Funko? <laughs> they announced the Funko of him as well this week. Oh yeah, yeah, you sent me. Yeah, that. yeah. So uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool. And then also, yeah, I'd probably get one of those. What is it? The um, the Legends figures. Maybe get one where his helmet flips up and you see the vision 
Asian face and down. Oh yeah, that'd be um, neat. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a cool visage, if you will, of of him. And this was a really fun episode. I'm excited to finally see the results pay off for these episodes. So. Um, we'll keep you posted next week when we come back and review the entire season. Oh my gosh, it's here! Yes, um, for that. Well, Mike, if you don't have anything else to add, I think we can wrap up the show. Uh, yeah, people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people want to know about the show, listen to our Venom, Let There Be Carnage review. Maybe Where where can they leave us a like at, even? We never tell people to like us. Smash that like button, folks. Uh, Subscribe. (laughs) Tell your friends. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot this is up on YouTube, isn't it? Uh, Well, you can find all of that at SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you ever want to uh, uh, play along while we're while you're listening to the episode, want to see what we're going to be talking about, we got all of that up there in the show notes. And you get get links to all of our other reviews because, like Chris just said, we did review the latest installment in the Venom franchise, Let There Be Carnage, and we got that in our podcast feeds and up on our website. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. You can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. Please reach out. What did you feel about Star Wars uh, Visions? Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to in next week's What If episode? Um, do you think Scarlett Johansson deserved more money, less money, or do you not really care as much just like we do? Uh, but we will be here every week talking about this stuff nonstop because we are cursed from the day we were born to be nerds. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy make sure you get that vaccination so we can all start just acting a fool again like things should be but um there it is chris another week down another week uh, another dollar spent at the theater sure why not not? so we'll (laughs) see you guys next week all right bye everybody thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe well, we all have our own three. Like, we all have all three Battle Royale games to ourselves. Kind of like you're a Warzone guy. I'm a Fortnite guy. He's an Apex guy. Like,